it's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. Merry Christmas to everybody out there and happy Friday. These Friday conversations have been a lot of fun, kind of kicking us off into the weekend, or I should say getting us around third and home safe for the weekend, right? So another Friday edition of the pod. So we have a wonderful guest today. We are going to be joined by Mr. Cole Barrett, a uh, proud alum of Rio Hondo Prep and a proud father of five uh, he's a trucker, a long haul, drives big truck, big rigs and everything. Uh, life on the road, really, for Cole. But a big thing we're going to talk about with Cole today is about his beloved Atlanta Braves, the World Series champion Atlanta Braves, I should say, and uh, his Michigan Wolverines. I know those two regions. It's like, what? How? what's connected there? But we'll, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out uh, how exactly Cole became a fan of both and, uh, you know, how excited he is about his Big Ten champion, Michigan Wolverines, headed into the college football playoff to face the Georgia Bulldogs here in the next few weeks. So a lot to talk about with Cole Barrett. His wife, Julene, was on the program a, a few weeks, a few months back, probably. Uh, that was a lot of fun catching up with her, talking about her, her dad, her grandfather, or her uh, uncle, I should say, and the uh, two wonderful men, the Ostergaards, and uh, talking about her family and just what um, life has been like, kind of living there close to Rio Hondo, kind of being involved in the... Uh, in the organization. And so uh, Cole will talk about his days. I'm sure some of his peers and uh, kind of what life has been like on the road as a trucker, maybe if, if things have uh, changed much here in the, in the recent years, uh, based off of all the craziness that is kind of trans the transportation industry, we'll get into uh, all of it here. So uh, let's dive in. We're going to hear some Atlanta Braves bragging, I'm sure, as well as some excitement for the upcoming college football playoff with his uh, Michigan Wolverines. So uh, it is my privilege to bring to you our guest this Friday, Mr. Cole Barrett. That's for you, Cole. That's for you. That's for you, buddy. Uh, one of the best fight songs in all of college football. Hail to the victors indeed. Cole Barrett, welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast. Hello, how's it going? It's going very well, man. You must be in a very good mood. For those not watching on YouTube, Cole is decked out in some uh, Michigan apparel. That's right. Go blue, baby. Go blue indeed. Well, you know what? Um, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> Yeah, no, no kidding. Um, you got to be on cloud nine right now because as a sports fan, um, you know, generally our teams don't, for the multiple teams you root for, they don't always uh, are successful at the same time, but you got to be riding high right now. Your Braves are World Series champions and Michigan is in the college football playoff. That's right. It's, uh, <laughs> it doesn't happen very often and it's, uh, Usually, like you know, school time when school starts, it's either you're excited because the Braves are doing well, but then you look forward to Michigan football. And then sometimes the Braves don't do well, then right off the bat, Michigan does something dumb, and then going to Christmas time, and it's just 
no baseball, no football. You just wait till next year. It's not your cup yeah. game for next year. <laughs> Got to deal with Christmas. Uh, yeah, I did. Well, uh, Cole, welcome to the show, man. This is going to be fun. It's been a long time um, coming. We'll talk about each of your teams and, you know, the reason maybe why you root for people are like Atlanta and Michigan. What's up here uh, from a California guy. But so we'll get into that. Uh, we'll talk to a little bit about, you know, your line of work. You've been a truck driver for a, a long time. So I have a few questions there, uh, especially related to <laughs> the transportation industry now. Um, and then, of course, a little bit of RHP, uh, you know, memory lane and such. Uh, you were from the class of 1989. So uh, a, a lot to talk about. First, I got to ask you, Cole, have you listened to uh, to any of the Get Home Safe podcast? Yes, I have. Uh, you know, Coach Green, for Nanny Goodwill. Uh, my wife, Julene. Um, I started watching Jim Hanna, but being out on the road, sometimes you lose horrible connections. So I never got to finish that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I can keep you awake out there while you're on the road, man. I, I, we got to keep you awake and alert. I don't want to put you to sleep, Cole. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> We're all good. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, well, Cole, we'll get into, um, you know, the sports topics here soon. But tell me about... Um, you know, I, I always, I always find it interesting how people discovered Care Youth League, kind of their story of getting into real hundo prep and everything. Uh, where did you, where did you grow up? How did you uh, get involved in Care Youth League and eventually real hondo? Well, uh, my mom worked in Los Angeles and my dad was a truck driver. So my dad was gone a lot. And so my mom needed help. So if you want to call it a babysitter. <laughs> so when I was a lot younger, uh, my mom had to drop me off somewhere and you know all things work out and I dropped was dropped off by uh, at the house of the Kirby's um, Mrs. Loomis Mrs. Loomis's mother and Dan Kirby's mother so I've been with the Kirby's for a very long time I consider uh, Grandma Jean almost not like my second mother <laughs> so before school I was at her house after school I went to her house so uh, I've been around Kirby's a lot, and uh, if anybody knows, the Kirby's been in Kerry Thing a long time. So it didn't take long to get involved in Kerry Thing, being uh, staying at the Kirby. So um, that was back in 1977. So that's when I started, became an Atlantic Pirate, and uh, the rest is history. So that's how it started, becoming going to the Kirby's house, and then they got me into it. Atlantic Pirates, man. Ah, I got so many Atlantic Pirate people on this podcast. Ah, drives me nuts. But uh, hey, what? Uh, so, who were some of your coaches? Uh, who were some of your early leaders that you remember? Uh, Mr. Orburn, mm-hmm. back before he was the courier. Uh, back before he was a courier. No, I'm just kidding. Probably Mr. Orburn. Uh, yeah, he was uh, the beginning. Um, and then for Mr. Orburn, I went to, uh, I had many. I had, uh, I had uh, Chris Horton. I had Greg Loomis. I've had Mr. Francis Ostergaard. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Mr. Francis Hampton. Um, I know I'm missing somebody. But that's pretty much it. I started off with Mr. Orgren. I went to Mr. Orgren a long time until I got into like KLA, and that's when I became an orange person. <laughs> and uh, that was Mr. Chris Horton and Mark Hartwig for a little bit. I had Steve Martin for a little bit. Um, but mainly it was Mr. Orgren. He, he got me through a lot from 77 up until I got into uh, KLA program. And that was become Mr. Chris Horton. Yeah. 
a lot of different personalities there, uh, a lot of different types of, uh, you know, leaders and different, uh, different strengths and, you know, different styles indeed, for sure. So um, what, what would you say was your, was your favorite part of care? Did you enjoy the sports aspect? Did you have a specific sport you, sports you like more than others? Uh, yeah, sports and Mount Care. Mm. Um, those were the two things. Um, baseball was my favorite. I love playing baseball. I was probably a little bit better in football, but, but baseball was, I love baseball. Um, and uh, Mr. Orkman, he taught me a lot during the beginning. For instance, when you're on second base, one or no outs when the ball's hit on the ground, you don't need to run to third. <laughs> so, so, uh, but, uh, that's, yeah. cool. that's cool. That's really cool. Um, so you get into uh real Hondo prep, uh, you know, high school and you were telling me you had kind of a very small class. Well, there's a lot of small classes at Rio, but they, there was no like junior class below you guys when you graduated. When I graduated, there was no junior class. My senior class was eight, but when we came in as freshmen, um, but I got it back up because a lot of people don't know, or maybe a lot of people do know, is back in junior high at Rehana Prep, we had two eighth grade classes, an 8A and 8B. But when I became into high school, that's when they stopped doing the two classes for eighth grade. And so we had two eighth grade classes going as one freshman class. So we had over 20 students hmm. as a freshman. But then over time, it got down to eight. And then we had no junior class when I was a, a senior. And then the sophomores were Rick Johnson, Todd Carson, Pete Cart. Okay. So, so they were, I mean, and all those guys, you know, especially guys like Rick, I mean, they played up and uh, they were a little older anyway, but so that's kind of an interesting dynamic, you know, your older senior group of guys, and then these young up and comers that you, you knew those guys were, were pretty talented coming up, but they still weren't, they weren't you guys, right. They weren't your seniors like you and Harry and such. No, they weren't, but I mean, they were playing varsity when they were freshmen. They, uh, we lost in, in uh, my junior year when Dave Carson and, and Randy Johnson were seniors. Uh, we lost in Templeton and Championship game, but Rick Johnson played up, Todd Carson played up as freshmen. So they, they wow. played an important part of that year. So they, Talk they, to me. They, they were really good, that class. Oh, man. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of them and, and I've heard stories but talk to me about that that junior year you know i take great great pride in the real hondo prep uh, football tradition and, and you know unfortunately 87 didn't quite go the way uh you guys wanted it to i believe you guys were undefeated up until the championship game right that's correct we beat Templeton earlier in the year and uh and then we played again in championship and we were undefeated and uh the championship game was the day after thanksgiving um that's what it was back in the eight man football um and so, but that year was really great until that, that last game. I have never yeah. watched that, that championship game. <laughs> I've watched all the other games, but I've never watched that championship game. Oh, man. Well, so tell me, I mean, they were older than you, but they were seniors. That was their last game. Randy Johnson, Rod Heaton, uh, Dave Carson uh, Jr. I mean, those three guys uh, were just, from what I hear, just really uh, special dudes on the football field. Very special, especially Randy because um, his dad was the head football coach. And I remember his senior year, Mr. Johnson sent in a play we never run before, didn't know what it was. He sent it in, and Randy said, this is what we're doing. 
you know, we never ran it, but Randy told everybody what to do, told the line where to go, and um, we ran the play. I don't, I don't remember much. I just remember the huddle going, man, I'm glad we had this guy as our quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's phenomenal, and Dave Carson and Rod, he's one of the two toughest guys um, I've ever played with. And um, so, yeah, those guys were very special. Harry, Joe, that's another thing that helped as well that year with Harry, he was in my class. He, he was our center. And he's very smart. So he told the line, you know, when we got off the line, he's the one that did all the blocking assignments. And so between Harry Joe playing center and telling what the line was to do and Randy Johnson quarterback, man, win win. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think at any level of football, center is like the most underrated uh, position, I think, in all of football because it starts with you. Um, you got to snap it and then block. So guys kind of have an advantage on you. And then like guys like Harry Joe kind of, leading the charge and, and, and what to do. So what, what positions did you play uh, on varsity football? Varsity football, because Randy was there. So I was uh, running back and uh, receiver and defense, I was corner. Um, but what was funny was <laughs> Rod, if you remember eight-man football, just a three-man backfield. And I played fullback and ran, and Rod was the tailback. So it looked kind of funny back there, the smaller guy being here. But Rod was <laughs> – he was fast and strong. So as long as I was staying in front of him, I wouldn't get run over and he'd just run over whoever he came across. So, so any, any big moments for you when, uh, you know, everyone's either keying on Rod Heaton or keying on, uh, you know, the big tight end, uh, Dave Carson, did you ever fake them all out and throw one out to, to the Barrett Barrett man out there? No, all we did <laughs> one time was <laughs> I was in a slot and we would always just pitch it to Rod around the end and have an extra block there one time. Mr. Johnson said, hey, we're going to do a counter. So we pitched it to fake the pitch to rod around the end. And I came counter in the middle. It was a pretty big run. So that was one of my biggest. Nice. Plays. Well, <laughs> I, I could see you playing corner out there because, uh, you know, your, your, your sons were, were good football players out there on, on the, is it, did that kind of take you back watching them play, especially playing that guy corner position? Yeah. Yeah. And then watching them play, I'm thinking, man, you know, eight-man football in the smaller field. I'm like, that field is very large, and I don't know if I can handle that. That's a lot of field to cover. But uh, the team do pretty well, so it's pretty fun to watch. <laughs> now, you guys lost to Templeton in the final, but you beat them earlier in the year. Now, where was that? Did you – because for those that don't know, Templeton is, like, way up north, right? I mean, you, did you guys have to make that trip twice or once, or how did that work? I, I don't remember. I think we played them at home, and they were kind of upset that, they had to come down twice, but I believe we played them at home the first time as well. So, and I just remember going after the game, we had some players who were trying to say, oh, we beat them already, so it should be all right. But, and then another issue I had with, with the game being the day after Thanksgiving was, like you said, Templeton had to come far. So for them, that particular day, it was a regular school day for them. They probably went to school, got on the bus, and drove down. For us as players down here, guys sucked in. I know some guys went to the mall. So and I remember in the first quarter, it took for us a little bit to get going. And uh, by then it was I'm a little too late, I think. But that was very frustrating to me what, during the game, realizing that they're a lot faster than us. And I don't remember that the first time we played them. What happened? It's so funny how routines matter in, in football specifically. Like, doing what you always do. That's why coaches are so paranoid at the college level. They micromanage every little detail that guys do and everything because you're managing 
young kids and you know we were all in high school once and we we do think oh that's not a big deal you think you can do anything you can go i'll go yeah i'll go uh I don't know, swimming at a park or something, and then go play a football game or play some hoops and play, but you know, but uh, you think you're invincible at that age. And that's why football is great. Cause it shows you that as a kid, no, no, you're not. There's uh, <laughs> you know, it's a competitive world out there. Yeah. Not only that is if you look at starting pitchers, they have on a game day, they have their routine all the way through from the time to wake up, what they eat, when they eat, all that kind of stuff. I see the same sort of thing with that particular day where they tell me you have their routine and we're just, <laughs> ah man well that's a bummer that's one more banner rio should have up there uh, only have a few runners up but you know my son's begging me about that all the time we'll sit there watching basketball and say hey dad uh, where's your banner <laughs> that's in the arm. <laughs> ouch that one hurts that one hurts hey oh man well you're not bitter about it at all. That's good. Uh, it's been, what is it, 40, uh, 40 years later. Oh, man. Good I stuff. I was the 80, 82 banner with Dave Guerrero, Scott Moore, because I was their water boy that year in 1982. So I go, ah, that's my banner. Right there you there. go. I like it. I like it. Uh, talk to me, Cole, about Real Hondo football. This last year, I had a lot of fun talking about uh, real football recapping games and everything. I think it's one of the best kept secrets out there about just the tradition and um, the great success of the program. I mean, do you remember watching, you were the water boy, right, for the 82 team? I mean, yes. isn't it special how you watch people kind of as you get closer to it, and then all of a sudden it's you, and then now, you know, we're all the old men looking back on all this stuff. I mean, Real Hondo, talk to me, if you will, about Real Hondo prep football. Well, it's a lot of hard work. It's always been, it was always, even when I played, Mr. Dowd was uh, kind of our conditioning guy, and and so I think conditioning has always been a big part of Red Honda football. And it seems like it's still that today. Um, as far as this year, watching JG run around, it's like, you know, I was his dad's water boy. So it was pretty, pretty, you know, and then my son Parker played with David Guerrero junior. So um, been around Guerrero's a long time. And, 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 with, and that's a lot with Red Honda football is you get a lot of uh, players they're playing that where their fathers play. And so that makes it very unique to be on football between the conditioning. I think it's always been since day one and the, the continuation of families to be on prep football. And, and it just kind of passes along to one another, I guess. And with being part of carry ethic, being close knit, everybody coaches all the time. So, Everybody's been around the program a long time. So that makes it very unique compared to other schools, I think. That's a very, very good answer uh, for sure. I, I remember watching some footage of, you know, Jim Hanna was recently on. I watched some footage of that 77 and I'm like, oh my goodness, that looks just like Chaz. It looks just like Robbie, you know, and yeah. they, he's, they look like him obviously because he's their dad, but I'm like the similarities, the movements and everything. It's like, wow, that's, that's so cool to see this, uh, you know, you just put the, the same name on the back or if we had names or whatever. But, yeah, it's just so yeah. so cool. Um, well, talk to me, if you will, about uh, since you were kind of in the middle of it all then, uh, Randall Johnson, you mentioned him already, kind of the architect of the uh, the Rio Hondo uh, success, really, and he was there for so long. Um, what what was he like to play for? What was he – what did – I don't know. Any funny stories? You mentioned the, the play coming in uh, that was wrong. But just, I mean, what did Mr. Johnson mean to you in Rio Hondo football? Well, Mr. Johnson is also 
my class advisor, the Johnson, Mr. And Mr. Johnson, were our class advisor. So um, I had him a lot, and he really he was serious. He wasn't <laughs> one. So when he would crack a joke, it was funny because hey, he's cracking a joke. <laughs> so, um, but you knew when he's always serious, but you knew when he was really serious and he would give you like a little head tilt kind of thing. And so that's when you knew you were kind of in trouble or you did something wrong. But when he corrected you in a way that it was very understandable and he explained things to me anyways, he explained it to me. He took me aside many times and said, you know, you got to do it this way. This is what you have to do. Um, and I really appreciated that. And but he was straightforward and he had a mind like you wouldn't believe. I mean, for instance, we'd be in class, we'd say, Hey, we want to schedule something. And he would just sit there and look at us and say, No, I can't do it. We had something that day, something's going on. His his mind with the calendar, he everything was memorized. He knew everything. He never had notes because he just knew everything. So that was just always amazing to me when you could just ask him anything, anytime, and he would just know the answer. So wow. Now, I, I didn't know that uh, much. I just remember my, my image of him is like him standing there on the sideline, like with his, using his hand on the shoulder of, of a player, sending in a play, and you can just see the wheels spinning. Wheel, wheels, okay, what are we going to do here? Now coaches have play sheets and all this other stuff, and that's probably a good thing. But, yeah, I just – Randall Johnson, that's what I always remember is him like leaning in, okay, yeah, let's do this, and then send the kid in, you know. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Nailed it to a team. <laughs> and then of course mr lunny who was the defensive guy uh you talk about not as far he had a serious side but he also had a, a very humorous side and he knew how to build you up and then uh, and then you know tear you down and build you back up too oh every when he got the scouting report for the next game he would say every time these guys are good these guys are gonna mop you all the, the field you guys you are gonna be able to compete you guys are no good these guys are just going to knock you out. And, but he, this is how we're going to do it though. You know, he show us on, he write everything out. Cause you probably know he, his writing was very good. I know cause he's a music guy. So he would hand out our notes for the week and he explained it pretty well. And we come out victorious 99% of the time it seemed like. Yeah. And, but he always come out saying, you guys are no good. You're going to be sucking buttermilk and, but come out on top with his coaching. So it worked out good. He, 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 always, knew how to, he knew how to motivate. Yeah, he always say, oh, man, I better wash my mouth out with a Coke. So that was <laughs> that's pretty fun. <laughs> oh, good old Coach Lund. Hey, it helps to have a, a, a an artist because he, you know, he can draw things and, uh, you know, yep. oh, a sketcher yeah. and a painter. I mean, it helps to have an artist who's the defensive coordinator too, right, and drawing up yep. uh, X's and O's. Yep. Oh, man. Well, well good stuff. Uh, was, like perfect all nicely filled in and the lines you know had a block you know where, where are they going to come where you just stop them it was perfect yeah i drew it right here this is what's supposed to happen yeah, exactly. this, is, this is not what i want what i want to work no special stuff and, and you mentioned uh baseball cole you've always been a guy with love of baseball um was it that way in, in high school for you as well did you guys have a decent uh decent team decent playoff run or anything well it was hard because uh, Dave, we had two pitchers we had rod and uh and Dave Carson. Um, Dave was the main guy. He can throw heat, but he didn't have much of a change up his curve and eh. So, but he can blow it by you. So every once in a while, 
they would catch up, you know, and hit them pretty well sometimes. But um, so baseball wasn't really, we weren't that great in baseball, hmm. but it was still enjoyable enough to play. We won some games. Yeah. You know? So it was fun. We had Mr. Johnson was still our coach because he was a coach for football and baseball. Mr. Yeah. Johnson coached the girls basketball, but um, so that's what baseball was. I always feel like you get to the end of the year with baseball, like in the high school season, you know, springtime rolls around. You're like, okay, you can see the finish line. It's like, okay, baseball, here we go. And, and you, you know, you play hard, you work hard at it, but like, I don't know that, that temptation of summer is right there. And so maybe, uh, and baseball is a sport where you have to put in extra work, uh, extra all the time. And even before the season. So maybe that's why Rio uh, has struggled a little bit in baseball. though. Has have had some good years too. Uh, but just it's that game that you just have to play all the time, really, to be really successful at it. Yeah, and then you know, Mr. Johnson always tried to do incentives about uh, going to the batting cages, hitting buckets of balls. Um, but it's it's hard when the weather's getting good. You know, beach is calling. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. but, um, yeah, so. definitely. Uh, well, so '98 or excuse me, '89 uh graduate uh high school and um yeah did you work in rhla or kind of what was life like after high school for you yeah i was in rhla for uh one year um my coach was dave carson he coached the junior high guys with that for that one year um and then uh i moved on i worked at in alberta for quite a while so yeah i was on rhla for a year in and out Burger. So, I mean, I'm a big fan, of course, but like uh, a quality you could taste, of course. Um, what a, what an, I, I mean, even in later years here, I'd be, you know, seeing kind of just how uh, professional and well-run that organization is. I mean, has it just always been that way? Just super constant, super consistent? Oh, yeah. Um, Mr. Dowd allowed me, he was our basketball coach. Um, he allowed me my, the summer I was going to be a senior to, working in and out during the summer so I, I worked in and out during the summer and then we had summer basketball so a lot of times I go from work to uh, summer basketball and um, even back in high school everything is run I think it's still run the same today as it was back then yeah you know everything's accounted for you you're sharp you got to know what you're doing and then when I end up going into the warehouse the same sort of thing everything's a commitment to everything's got to be right you know yeah. Um, so quality was number one efficiency. Mm. So it's not, I think it was the same back then as it is now. It's pretty, pretty I, I think a lot of organizations, businesses, whatever, could learn a thing or two from the way in and out is run, you know, especially all the different stores it has. And, and I got to tell you, someday they got to make a fragrance that has that in and out burger <laughs> smell when you drive. I mean, there's nothing like that. It's to me the best. <laughs> We need you that fragrance. Drive on by, not even see it, but smell it. Well, there's an in and around here somewhere. I can smell it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so unique. I was living in Covita a few years ago. We were across the street from one, and I was like, this is not a good situation at all. Not good. Still my Christmas Eve tradition, though. in and out Burger every Christmas Eve for the past, I don't know, 15 years almost. For 20, maybe 20 years. Early they closed early on Christmas Eve. That's right. That's right. And they even that's... did that back then, too. So mm-hmm. uh, I worked at the one on Arrow Highway and, uh, and Grand Avenue. That's when I work at over by Russell Park. And then from there, I went into the warehouse. Became a- that's home. That's home for me, Cole. That's that's my home home site. And yeah, I lived across the street uh, from, from that really? place for a couple okay. of years. And yeah, 
we made the walk over quite often. <laughs> so, uh, in and out burger, um, you know, uh, after RHLA coaching and then, uh, eventually stepped away, uh, from the program. And when did you get involved in, um, in truck driving or kind of what were some other, uh, maybe other jobs you did after high school? Well, after high school, like I said, I went in and out and I worked in two jobs in and out and then the steakhouse in Pinnacle in San Dimas called Pinnacle oh. Peak. You want to know that because you cut your tie off. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, don't worry, tie there. Uh, so I, I was a cook there at Pinnacle Peak and I was also working in and out at the same time. And uh, so doing the two jobs. And then it came, came opportunity in and out to go into the warehouse. And so I took that because that was more of a 40 hour a week job where it's working two part-time jobs. Yeah. And then at that time, uh, Julian and I were getting pretty serious. So took the uh, warehouse job. And, and while I was being in the warehouse, that's when I got my class A license. Thanks to uh, Mr. Peter Hamilton at Minuteman Transport. <laughs> I basically uh, went down, took the test, written test, got it. And then we rented a tractor, drew Mr. Hamilton at Minuteman and used one of his trailers. My dad and I practiced for about two days and I went down to the DMV, took the drive test and got my license. So I became a, a fill-in driver. If someone called in sick at in and out when I was in the warehouse or uh, if, if stores uh, material couldn't fit on the trailer and I had to run the, the remaining material out to another store then I would jump in a truck and take that and then I eventually got my own route get in and out and then that's once I got in the truck and in and out that was it and then from in I was in there for a while then they changed hours so I ended up leaving in and out worked for Mr. Amundsen at Minuteman became a dispatcher for about three years and then I went and bought my own tractor and I worked for Mr. Amundsen at Minuteman and uh, pulled for him for a couple of years. And then I stepped aside from him and I got a tanker and I'm pulling a tanker and did that for a while. And then now I'm at where I'm at now, Warner of Transportation. Wow, wow, lots to unpack there. Mr. Amundsen's a, a special guy for sure. I worked for him at Miniman for a few years. Those, those were good times. Uh, our paths never crossed there, uh, but um, no, he, he was a fun guy to work for. What a great, well-run company he has. Um, you mentioned your wife, Julene. Now I got to, okay, we got we to gotta settle, settle something here. First of all, it was around this time of year, if I remember the story correctly, where you guys uh, were running a Christmas tree lot, and that's when the, the spark started, I guess, the first date. But she said, Cole, you guys kind of despised each other before then. Yeah, in high school, we didn't get along too well. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's a, she's in the class with Dave and Rod and Randy, um, and uh, yeah, we didn't we didn't get along too well. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, Christmas tree, I think changed, and uh, I, don't know, I guess from there I realized I guess she's not too bad. I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say, how do you go from you know kind of not liking someone to kind of build up uh, courage it's hard enough asking the old ladies out uh, you know when when you actually are attracted to them let alone uh you know when yeah. you had a history of not liking each other i guess just actually just talking mm. you know actually talking real things and conversations your likes and dislikes and such and then i guess well, i guess I, we were more in common than, than i thought 
Yeah, there you go. That's hilarious. Yeah, when she told me that story, it was, it was great. Um, can I ask you while kind of her, uh, she's on the topic here with her podcast? I did with her. We talked a lot about um, Francis Ostergaard and 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 Philip Ostergaard and just mm-hmm. what what incredible men they were. And to us who are coming up, just the, the countless stories and memories of them. You know their passion. I mean, if you could uh, speak about uh, those two men that since they've they've now passed on, kind of what the your interaction with them as uh, you know, a, a son-in-law and a, what a nephew-in-law or whatever. <laughs> yeah. The, um, well, cause like the one year in Archelet, I built a relationship with him because uh, he was in charge of, uh, of us part of Archelet with that one year I was there. So we, we met with Mr. Archelet twice a week, I believe it was. So that was, I, I learned, I didn't really know him as much back in Archelet until we started having those meetings. Um, and then, of course, Philip with camp, you know, being a coach and stuff, going after summer camps uh, with Phil Oscar. So you kind of already had a relationship with him. So he was pretty special. Um, and then we started going, you know, dating and then getting married and then Christmases and Thanksgiving with both, both men. Um, it's just amazing to me during just seeing them together at those times and how much how much they really loved and cared for care youth league. You know, that's probably 90% of the conversations during those times was about care youth league. What are we going to do? How are we going to make things better? What do we got to do? Um, and that's where you just learn the, the, the dedication they had for care youth league when you prep. Yeah. T- two incredible men that were always, always seem happy, especially Philip. Philip, was he he couldn't walk without humming or singing something so you'd always hear that his brother francis was uh, was just quiet this this just this calm quiet uh, stoic character that you know he you'd see him walking down he'd pick up trash all the time he's walking down from his place to the his office and just like man if we should all aspire to be uh anywhere close to what these guys were and it's just sad to, that they're gone but uh we, we miss him and we try to honor him every day with our actions, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, think, well, I don't think people saw but Mr. Phil Washburn because him living in the back boat, yeah, you see him running all the time. He wouldn't run, run very far, but he's always trying to run every day in that back court. So, wow. run back to his house, he run to his office, and jog and run. So, it was kind of fun. he had some energy, man. I don't know yeah, what he did. Oh my goodness. The energy, his little, his speeches at, at Mount care were epic. Remember him? He had the, you know, giant staff one year, uh, like a Goliath thing. And then the harmonica, of course, come on. Uh, awesome stuff there. And then, uh, man, it can't be always tell the Sergeant York stories. Mm. Um, so that was, that was always fun to me when he told that story to the boys when I was coaching up there and he would tell those stories up there at Viking Hill under the stars oh man Sutton mount care what a what a spot what a place um so you talked about uh truck driving you, you spent a lot of time on the road what are you currently doing you are you on the road still a lot or are you teaching more what's your current position situation yeah i'm a uh, older road 48 states um and uh, basically i get guys that had just gotten their license who went through trucking school they just had a license and then now i'm really teaching how to drive because the when they go through trucking school, you get the license. They just learn how to get the license. That's basically about it. 
and then I get them and I'm not, we're out on the road and try to teach them the best I can how to back up. Mainly that, mainly they don't really know how to back up. They back up just enough to get their cash to get the license, but to actually back up out on the road and save the deadly. So that's, that's most of the training there. And then out on the highway and uh, going to different warehouses and such. And that's basically what I do. It's I interesting. About 21 days. I'm sorry. Oh, you're on the road. How many days? Well, I get as a student that I get, it's usually there between 21 and 25 days. I have them for, and then I turn them in and they test out. If they test out, they get their own truck for Warner transportation. And then I get a new student. So usually about 23 to 27 days. I have a new, a new student with me. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how you do it in the big trucks, Cole. Cause I, you know, I've been driving at FedEx now for uh, over a year and you know, the biggest trucks I drive a, a box truck or, you know, it's called a 900. It's, it's, it's longer, but like, um, when I first started, I was like, wait, I have to operate this thing. Like I, I backing up and parking and everything. I'm just like, there's no way I've gotten way better at it now, but I don't know how, how, how do you operate something that's so big uh, especially the the rig. I mean, I just don't understand. Is it just repetition, or, or is it? I don't know. What, what is there any secret? No secret. Just for one, don't be afraid of it. Mm. Uh, get in and and do it. Just like you know, when you first got your license to drive a car, same thing. The more you did, the more you got comfortable with it, and now you can handle it. So same when you moved up to that box truck. You know, when, the more you did, the more confident you are with it. So that's the same thing with this. Just Definitely. get in and do it. So what, what is it um, now with trucking? Is it, did you have a, I knew you were working for in and out you were saying, but is there with truckers, is it like you're a free agent? You're kind of like, uh, Hey, what do you need transported? Or do you, do you deliver specific goods or specific companies all the time? Or is it kind of mix and match of everything? Well, the company I'm at now is pretty much, they have different divisions. They have a flatbed division, um, a reefer division, refrigerated and then a dry box division. And that's, I'm in the dry box division. So anything to do with dry freight, anything from pet food to paper towels, anything in between, um, that's what I haul. And usually with the students, they keep us on particular accounts, like for instance, Walmart or FedEx or UPS, where you pretty much, you're picking up a loaded trailer, you deliver it, you drop off that loaded trailer, and you pick up an empty trailer, go to the next place and pick something up where you're constantly just picking up and dropping off trailers. Yeah. Um, now the reefer division, you do more of the actual delivering where you go to a, like a grocery warehouse, you back up to the dock and then they offload it. Um, but I, like I said, I'm, I'm a dry box where I pretty much just take the loaded trailer, drop it, get an empty and move on to the next one. I've, uh, as an Uber driver, I've, I've picked up a lot of uh, truck drivers who are in town, you know, and they don't have transportation, they need to go wherever. And so uh, I talk with a lot of these guys, and I find it interesting that, you know, you're, you're driving across the country or whatever. I mean, you're sleep. I, I know the, the, the beds in the trucks now are a lot better than probably they used to be, but, but still, it's not, it's not a normal bed. I mean, that, that's got to get uncomfortable and just kind of being, at, well, you're with a student now, but when you're just on the road by yourself, is it kind of weird, just like, nights when you know you got a family way back home in california yeah but unfortunately that's just the way it goes so yeah. gotta pay the bills you know mm-hmm. so um that's just the way it is but it's like any line of work you know this guy's pluses and minuses you know when i'm out on the road uh 
you know, I see sunrises, sunsets that you wouldn't, you can't see here. You know, I'm driving down the road at night and see stars. Kind of hard to see stars here sometimes, the way you know things <laughs> up here. So, um, but you know, being away from family sometimes is harder. It's a little easier now now that the kids are older. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they were younger, it was much more difficult. Um, but when they were younger, I tried to run my routes so I can be there at least for their games. Um, so that was kind of nice, but it's just part of life. What about, uh, you know, current events, if you will, we don't have to get into too much, but like, it seems to me like the entire transportation injury industry is, uh, is it's what's, what's the proper term here. It's uh, definitely has some obstacles. We'll say it's been that way in the, in the shipping industry. I, I can, I can tell you, but as far as trucking, has it slowed down? Have there been more obstacles? I mean, there's a lot of people that, uh, kind of need things right now. And for a lot of it, there's delays, there's all kinds of stuff going on. So what can you speak of uh, kind of regarding uh, that, that matter? Well, as far as what, how it affects me, I really haven't seen a different effect other than when during the pandemic hit for toilet paper, uh, paper towels, that type of stuff. Um, other than that, even today, there's really not, I, it hasn't affected me. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's affected some other industries, um, how they always say there's a driver shortage, but I'm out on the road and there's some guys that say, well, we go to a place and we'll sit for three hours waiting for them to give us our load. Well, if we have more drivers, there'd be more drivers here sitting waiting because they can't load us. So what's the point of having more drivers if we can sit here and wait? Mm-hmm. And I've had other drivers tell me, yeah, I'd go there and they're like waiting on it. So I think it's all just depends on exactly what you're trucking. Um, but like I said, as far as for, for me, it's it hasn't really been any different. No, that's interesting that it's not just, you, you're right. It's not just the drivers. It's things need the, you know, the, the, the docks got to be offloaded. We got, you know, we got to get everything uh, into the trucks uh, first of all. So um, yeah, it doesn't matter if, if you got no one to, to drive them. So interesting stuff. It, it's just crazy. The past year or so has just been nuts. I mean, I was unemployed for a few months, like most people. And then I said, okay, I got to get back out there. And uh, was grateful for, to find um, a job that I really do enjoy. Um, but it's tough. There's still people not working and there's a lot of work available out there, right? Oh, yeah. When we go to truck stops, every single, every single truck stop says we're hiring. I mean, they have a table in the truck stop already set. So if you come in and want to get a job, you can sit right down there with the manager right then and have an interview and probably get hired. And, you know, whereas before the pandemic, I had to deal with like with my children going for a job, whereas you, everything is online. You know, back when I Dwayne and I, or even by yourself when you're younger, you go get a job, you just fill out the application, they look at you, and okay, come back for a meeting. But nowadays, it's, everything is online. You know, you fill it out, and you might not even get a call back. But with the pandemic now, and what, what affected what I see is wherever we go, and they, I mean, they have open interviews basically at every spot. Any restaurant we go to, even warehouses that we're going to, we're hiring, we're hiring. But there's many openings everywhere, wherever I see it. Oh, it's, it's everywhere. And I've even seen the places say, start today, like right now, if you're, you know, yeah. it's just like, yeah. if, if you're willing to work, 
you can clean up right now. If you're willing to work two or even three jobs and yep. get out there and, and put out the work, um, there's so much available. And I, I hopefully people take advantage of it because when it's the other way, when people aren't hiring and you can't find anything that suits you, I mean, to, right now, especially if you're young, this is a good time to try a bunch of different things out and see what works for you. Yeah, that's a great idea. You know, if you don't try, if you don't like it, every few months, there's plenty of stuff out there to try something else. Mm-hmm. So that, that's actually, that's a good point there, Matt. A lot of options, man. A lot of options. Well, I uh, wish you nothing but the best on the road. I'm sure. How how long does uh, you plan it on going, uh, Cole? You're going to keep doing this a few more years on the road, or are there other ways you can kind of slow down a bit? Well, I want to get back to be local because Peyton is eighth grade right now. So when she becomes a, a freshman in high school, I'll, you know, with all the other kids, I was always there for the most part for their game and stuff. And I want to be the same for her. Um, so I'm going to start looking here soon to uh, try and become local. Um, so I don't have to be on the road all the time. I want to be here for Peyton. Mm. So we'll see how it goes. Nice. And you said you drove, you drive all over the country. You're not just in a region. I mean, you end up uh, other, other half of the country all the time. Yeah. 48 states. So this last week I was in Omaha. Wow. Uh, before <laughs> then I was in uh, North Carolina. So and you and you know how to push you can just go you can just put the uh you know the pedal to the metal and uh and just get get rolling and not have to stop too often well we try but unfortunately the the uh the dot department of transportation has some guidelines we have to follow yeah not like back in the day when you can i mean i would get in california and drive straight from california to uh, albuquerque new mexico get a bite to eat, get some fuel, and then drive from Albuquerque after Chicago. And I can do that in about two days, but you can't do that now. No. <laughs> you got to follow the guidelines. You got to have a tent, mandatory 10-hour break. You got to stop for 30 minutes before you drive eight hours. So there's some guidelines there now we have to follow. So it's, it's not as much put the hammer down and get going. Can't yeah. Do seems like a you know, younger man's kind of, kind of job where guys would excel because with just energy and everything, but all the truck drivers, man, I've come across here, just like salty guys, you know, just salt of the earth. Just say, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was in uh, Arizona last night and I'm going to Texas. It's just, they're all good guys. And I'm just like, man, you're in a truck all day just by yourself. Like, yeah, maybe there's some peace to it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, a CV sometimes comes in handy. Uh, talk on a CV, but like I said, for all, when me as a student, so I'm usually teaching something. That's got to be fun. That's got to be a lot of fun. <laughs> well, uh, Cole, let's talk about some sports uh, if we if we can here. Um, first of all, I know uh, you're a big Atlanta Braves fan, the 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 World Series champion Atlanta Braves, and uh, your Michigan Wolverines are, uh, you know, uh, a game or two away from a national championship. So. Let's first talk about the Braves. We got to go back to 2020. I know a little painful for you. Up three games to one on those Dodgers. Uh, Unfortunately, kind of blow the lead. The Dodgers win and go on to win the World Series. Uh, Similar situation this year. After Dodgers won game five, I think it was. Were you a little nervous? Thinking, oh, here we go again? Yeah, but I felt a little bit different. (laughs) Okay. But but yeah, that that treats in your mind, but. You know, I'm just a fan. No anger about it. Just roll with the punches. <laughs> That's it. So, so, yep. So I have to ask. We we have to make this uh, 
known to everyone. Okay, the Atlanta Braves. You're a Southern California kid. Uh, how in the world does does one become of all teams an Atlanta Braves fan? Well, you probably remember back in the day. I think I'm not sure. You're still kind of a young buck, but uh, when I was growing up, baseball wasn't on like it is today. It was on one day on Saturdays. You can watch this week in baseball on Saturday morning, get all your highlights for the week, and then the game would come on, and there's only one game a week. So this particular Saturday, one weekend, the Dodgers were on TV. So watch the Dodgers, and they were winning this particular game pretty handily, and then they lose it late in the innings. Sunday comes along. I already had tickets to go with my pop to the game on Sunday. So we go to the game on Sunday. Dodgers are up. They do the exact same thing. They blow it late innings. On the way out, I said, Dad, I want to buy a new hat. So we bought a new hat. And that hat was the Atlanta Braves. So luckily it wasn't like a Pittsburgh Pirate team or something that did it. It happened <laughs> to be the Braves. So I've been a Braves fan ever since. That was, I don't know, I think 1982. Wow. 83, something like that. So, so how did it, did you just look and grab, did you blindly grab from the selection or how did it work? Because the, the Dodgers were playing the Braves that weekend. Oh, okay. That's who they lost to. And so after losing back-to-back game, you know, I watched them on TV on Saturday, which is very rare to see the Dodgers at being in LA and they're at home. And then I got to go to the game on Sunday and they lost to him again. I'm like, well, that's it. Dodgers, you're done. I'm out of here. I can't so do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Little do you know, did you know that it kind of doesn't matter which hat it is? Uh, any, anyone who's ever been a fan knows your team lets you down uh, yeah. probably more often than not. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. But being a little kid, I don't know, 12, 13, whatever it was, I'm like, that's it. I'm, if you guys are losers, I guess we'll go for a winner. So, yeah. <laughs> even though the Braves were horrible that year, past couple of years. So, but I just got, I just, long, I don't know, I can't point. Just, well, no, but you had a nice, a nice run there in the 90s. I mean, I think there was only one World Series uh, title, though, right? But like three, mm-hmm. three or four appearances. Yeah, three and four. Um, then, you know, 1990 were the worst team in the National League. And in 91, we made the World Series. That's when we played the Twins with Game 7 with John Smoltz against Jack Morris, probably one of the best Game 7s of any World Series. Yeah. He's won the game with Kobe Puckett. Um, yeah, we won in 96, but we are in the World Series in 91, 92, I believe, 99, 98. So we lost the Yankees. Times, so. Glavin, Maddox, Schmoltz. I mean, dude, what a, what a staff uh, yeah. over the years. Greg Maddox, he coached at UNLV a little bit. He yelled at me a little bit when I called a Bach on one of his pitchers. He didn't like <laughs> he didn't like that so much. But no, he's a really nice guy. Um, uh, but now the Braves, great success. One of the iconic franchises. And really, it's really the, the team of the entire South. There's nothing else down there. So you got people in Tennessee and people in Alabama who are Atlanta Braves fans. The, Atlanta, uh, the Braves are not just Atlanta's team. They're, they're like the South's team. Yep. Next to TBS, you know, Super Station, especially younger. Um, that's Everybody can watch the Braves on TBS during the South. You got it right. So that's, that's how they have had so much success, I believe, is having so many fans that the pull for them because they have such all that area down there in the south for TVS. So, so what about all your buddies though? Most of your buddies, I'm sure, are Dodger fans, and uh, I mean, family, friends. Like, what, Cole? What do you, you know? They, 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 did they think it was a phase? Maybe as you were younger, like, 
Well, what are you rooting for the Braves for? What is going on? I don't think my parents were always baffled. What are you doing? You know, <laughs> but uh, as far as my friends, they, I don't think I don't remember them in high school. I remember, you know, I always had Braves hat. Um, so I think they just accepted me for what it was, I guess. But my parents, like, my parents were always baffled. What, what, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, and then you become a father and you corrupt all of your children uh, as well. I mean, that's the true tragedy here, Cole, <laughs> is that you have corrupted your kids to be Atlanta Braves fans. They need to, they need to choose for themselves. <laughs> well, they, uh, well, I'm sorry. They chose themselves <laughs> for college football, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what it was like to have uh, to experience the, the World Series championship. You, you had experienced, obviously seen it as a fan before, but to this time in 2021, to experience that with your entire family, all your kids who love the Braves like you do, how special was that moment? Oh, it's great because, you know, in 96, it was just me. I mean, I didn't know anybody really. So, you know, I'm turning, oh, it's just me. You know, the kids are too young uh, to know what's going on. But this, with them being older and they played and they're in it. So it makes it very special when um, it texts back and forth and watching, you know, I'm watching the game maybe you know, in another state while they're watching it at home. Um, you know, we're texting group texts back and forth while the games are going on. And so it, it is much more fun this time than it was in 96. Yeah. The kids, you know, the oh, I got to be. Absolutely. And then you've taken the, the family to a few Braves games at Dodger Stadium. I You're, you're very brave for doing that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> that's a scary place. <laughs> and then you guys have made a trip or two to Atlanta also, right? Yeah, we went to uh, a few years back when uh, uh, Turner Field, the last season, uh, we our summer vacation, we went there for a week, saw some games, and then we just went this last year, uh, the, the week right after All-Star break, uh, we were there for the first games back in the stadium from the All-Star break, so we took another vacation. I actually parked my truck at the terminal, Warner Transportation has a yard in Atlanta, so I stayed there and the rest of the family flew out. I picked them up and we stayed at a hotel right near the stadium. It was pretty nice. And uh, saw some games. Nice. I've, I've heard the new stadium uh, has that, I think it's called the battery out in front. Yes. I've heard that's just a fun time, a fun place to be before and after yeah, games. have a big stage out front with grass so you can sit and watch the game there on your chairs if you want. And there's restaurants and, and, and stores and shops. They have a Mizuno store right there. That was pretty fun going into it. All types of Mizuno gloves, bats, cleats, all that kind of stuff. That was a great store. If you had to pick, what what's your favorite Atlanta Braves memory from uh, from being a fan all these years? Mm, that's a tough question. Uh, what? It's either the David Jessup home run in '96. Uh, or the Sid Bream slide against the Pirates. Oh, with Barry Bonds throwing from left field. Yeah. Yep. So those 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 two were even though they're the older ones, but um, although Freddie Freeman hitting he hadn't hit Grand Slam at all his whole career, then he hit two like in the same week. That was pretty nuts. That was pretty exciting. Pretty yeah. Exciting. No, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, well, there's Freddie something. Freddie Freeman was supposed to go to Cal State Fullerton. Oh, was he? 
for the British National Up, so he'll come play. So he never went to Fullerton. He was committed to go to Cal State Fullerton. Hey, I wish this game was in California, but apparently uh, Fullerton and Michigan are playing a three-game series uh, this upcoming season. Oh, really? Yeah, it's out at uh, Michigan, though. Oh, well, I'll have to get the thing. Maybe I can schedule myself to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before we get into Michigan, um, you or someone, Todd and I kind of, uh, I don't know if we introduced you to it, but kind of, you know, we were like, hey, you got to check out Cal State Fullerton baseball. And then uh, you and your family kind of became big fans of uh, college baseball because major league games add up, but college baseball is a little more affordable. You guys still yeah. uh, follow Titan baseball a little bit? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, a little bit. Um, especially now with the lockout, we'll probably go into a few more uh, forwards and baseball games. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, you guys set us up. We hooked us on to something pretty well. Um, so, yeah, we'll be going some more. Oh, it's a lot of fun. I remember, I remember we enjoyed it. We had but, some late nights. Remember so those, those regional uh, finals and stuff, or it was UCLA and Arizona, and it was like. Yeah. Yeah, those those were fun, fun games, and uh, Todd and I we, we were kind of addicts there for a while. <laughs> Titan <laughs> baseball games. Okay, so now you got the Michigan gear on. Now we're gonna finally get to. Okay, that was a nice, cute little uh, Atlanta Braves story. How in the world does the Michigan? What's this connection? I gotta hear this. Uh, uh, it all comes down to Mister Money, actually, because um, back in the day, for us to earn money, we sold programs at the Rose Parade. Um, so, and he would give a Rose Bowl game ticket to individuals that sold like the most programs. And so I, I, that particular time got a ticket. I don't know how it broke down, but I was able to get a Rose Bowl game ticket. And, uh, so as you know, there's a lot of time between the parade and the game. Um, I don't exactly remember know what I did at that time, but this was like, again, back in 82 or 83, somewhere back then. And uh, I just remember getting to the Rose Bowl really early, but just watching these helmets and the colors. Of course, I guess it helped maybe because, you know, same colors, Atlantic Pirates. So maybe, but beginning of the game, watching those uniforms run out, you know, it's, it hooked me, you know, being that young, you know, I didn't, wasn't really up into college football really at that time, but, you know, I, I, I kind of watched it on Saturdays, I guess, but that, when I went to that game, that was the beginning of, of college football as a whole, and then Michigan as well, because just watching those guys run out, you know, uniforms, it was amazing. I don't remember, I'm sure Michigan lost, but I don't remember the game. <laughs> I just remember <laughs> before the game, them running out and thinking, Man, I, that's 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 pretty special. Yeah. Now Michigan's lost a few Rose Bowls, especially the USC. But but anyway, uh, yeah. No, that that's a okay. That's a nice little story too. I'll give you that. Um, but again, yeah, Michigan. What in the world? We're like you're all over the place. Um, yep. A lot of USC fans out here, obviously. So uh, I remember I have a Michigan story. I think I've told you this. I can't remember if, if I've told you this. So in '97, Michigan has you know the undefeated season uh, and wins the '98 Rose Bowl over Washington state, um, the Heisman winner, uh, Charles Woodson, uh, cornerback on that team. And, uh, some backup quarterback known, known as Tom Brady was there. Um, but anyway, I remember it was new year's Eve 97 and Michigan was practicing at citrus college for a few weeks. And my dad got home early on new year's Eve and I was home and he said, Matt, 
I was pulling off the freeway where I saw all these cars exiting at Citrus Avenue with Michigan flags and everything. He's like, let's, let's go check it out. I'm like, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, let's go. He was fired up. And so we, we go over to Citrus was right around the corner from our house and we get into that stadium. We've all been into that, that stadium. It's huge. And, you know, circus is there. We've seen football games and I have never seen that stadium more full than it was that day, that afternoon. It was the Michigan pep rally before the game, both sides of the bleacher, both sides, completely full, not pretty full, totally full. We stood at the top um, (laughs) and watched the speeches from the the team and the players, the band was there, the cheerleaders and everything. I'm just like, Whoa, this is a big deal. This is the best team in the country. And then the next day they won the national championship, at least split it. Yep, Nebraska. That was a year before the BCS started. So had the BCS been that year, we'd have played Nebraska for the championship. So that's funny you said that because I was actually went to one of the practice. I tried to get one of the practice. I couldn't get in, but I was standing, you know, on, on Baranka's side on the fence. I was standing at the fence watching the practice through the fence with the butchers. Move the bushes out of the way. They yeah. The yeah. They won't let anybody in, but that's pretty cool. You got to get in the pepper. I don't know now. I, want to <laughs> I couldn't, it would only have, is my dad got off work early and was driving home and saw these cars exiting. Uh, you know, it was 98, 97. Uh, so there wasn't, I don't know, the internet and everything posting about it, but yeah. like we went over there and it was just like, it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And, and again, I've seen that stadium full of, uh, semi-full for high school games and such but that was the fullest i've ever seen that place i couldn't believe that many people got into those stands at citrus college so yeah, uh yeah good day good day for the for the wolverines some there's been some lean years though cole so let's okay. build up to uh jim harbaugh gets there and he's supposed to save everything but he can't beat ohio state he mm-hmm. only beats michigan state every now and then well this year he finally does um well no he lost to michigan state didn't he we lost the Michigan State. We had That's 60, the only loss. 60-point lead, and uh, we lost late in the game. It comes down, I know you're not supposed to say it comes down to one play, but in that particular game, it came down to two plays. Uh, <laughs> we make those two plays, and we win that game. Yeah. We should be undefeated, but, hey, can't lose kind of spilt milk. So That's we, right. That's and right. We ended up working out, so thank you for No, I, and, you know, I thought Harbaugh was great hire for them, but he just – he couldn't win some of the, the big games. Although if you look at his track record, I mean, he's won, you know, 10 games, a bunch, a bunch of years, but you know, Michigan has very, very high standards. Like a lot of these other blue blooded programs. Yeah, that's correct. And it, when you can't beat your rival, that makes it even more, you know, okay. One ten wins, but you also have to, you know, yeah. so make it even more difficult. I think the game when he first got there, he didn't really have a quarterback that he really wanted until, you start getting the guys he has, he has now, but um, he's kind of turned around now, so we'll see what happens. Oh, definitely, yeah. You know, everybody's talking about it right now. It's like, well, he's only beat him once through the playoffs once. Let's see what happens next year and the year after that. So. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, the um, uh, it was a great win over Ohio State, and then I was shocked at the beatdown they put on, on, on Iowa, 42-3. to three. I mean – uh, you probably expected them to win, but man, did you see that coming? No, um, I, I didn't. I think mean, I thought it was gonna be a little bit closer um, because Iowa's defense was supposed to be pretty, pretty good. Um, although the first half they did really, they did really well. We scored two touchdowns on basically two trick plays. Um, so for the first half they held us, held us in check. The second half, I think 
with your our offensive line just kind of just wear them out and we're able to uh to uh run the ball a lot more efficiently than we were in the first half because they start to arrest in the first half but um once once we got rolling they, they couldn't stop well they're in for a tough test coming up here with with georgia the sec runner-up undefeated all year incredible defense uh they got pushed around by alabama i mean i know you want your wolverines to uh to win of course in the in the playoff game versus georgia i mean what are your what are your thoughts on the matchup are you pretty excited about it well it, yes because as you saw with alabama it's like even though they weren't very very good all year they always found a way to win but then it comes down to it look what they did to georgia so it's like uh if i play Atlanta, alabama let's wait till the, the championship game so um <laughs> uh nick saving man but uh, Georgia, unfortunately, I haven't seen that much on Georgia. I mean, I, I couldn't even tell the quarterback's name. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens. I know they're supposed to have a good defense. And uh, so we'll see what happens. Ron. Now, uh, forgive me. I, 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 I didn't want no part of Alabama until we have to play them. <laughs> until absolutely necessary. Yeah. No, I think a lot of schools feel that way. Even in a down year, they're still Alabama. They're just a juggernaut. Um, now, I don't remember. Has your – has your entire family bought in, bought in into your your Michigan fanhood as well, or or do they think for themselves in college football? Yeah, no, this is where they think for themselves. I think, but <laughs> only Jensen, she's my oldest daughter, uh, she roots for Michigan, and then Peyton, my youngest daughter, she's kind of. I think she roots for Michigan, but the other ones like Julian and the others, they root for uh, University of Spoiled Children. I mean, uh, USC. So. <laughs> But I, I, I give him a break because Mr. Uh, uh, Philip Ostergaard, you know, Dwayne's dad, uh, graduated from USC. So I let that one slide because they, they've got a connection to it. So, um, but, you know, we'll see who has the last laugh with SC's new hire. So we'll see what, what happens. What so, do you think? What do you think of that with SC hiring Lincoln Riley, with uh, uh, with Brian Kelly going to, to LSU? I mean, these these – crazy timing of it all but these these uh, college football head coaching carousel we have yeah it's, it's pretty crazy but usc got a good one you know i got some, you know a couple of friends you know probably paul the clarks paul and pete clark mrs clark they're oklahoma fans so um they're probably not too happy I, i'm sorry <laughs> for them but for the usc people i think they uh they, they got a winner I, I think so. I hope so. It's like, okay, it's time. It's time. Enough of this mediocrity. You know, every fan base is, is delusional. I think that USC is, is probably the worst. And it's like, okay, you know, they're going to be Alabama next year. No, 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 you're not Settle down. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know what rivalry I really missed though, Cole was the Michigan Notre Dame rivalry. I don't know. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I hate, it's a strong word, but you know, I hate Notre Dame just as much as Ohio State. You know, in my disdain for teams is Ohio State, Notre Dame, and then Michigan State. It comes down to that. Um, but so when Brian Keller left, that's okay by me. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Well, now, you know well, what? I, thou shalt not, well, whatever. We're not supposed to hate. But I think I, I think it's okay in sports. I think sports <laughs> is the one place where a lot of things go that maybe you're not allowed to do. Uh, or, or shouldn't do in other areas of life. That's why we have sports to to uh, to have this outlet of of anger and frustration and other emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't disagree with that. The, um, <laughs> I, I wish I wish we would the, get that rivalry back going. 
Yeah. But with Notre Dame not being in a conference, they got to be careful on how many schools, you know, what, who they choose to play. Um, because if they, when they play too many schools, you know, play Notre, you know, USC, they play Michigan. So if they play too many schools that are that much better than them, they have a shot of not making it. Just for instance, you know, if, if chaos would have happened this last weekend, Notre Dame sitting at home while, while everybody else is playing a conference championship game could have made the playoffs, and they're sitting at home. So that's another reason why I don't like them. I, don't think it's, I think that's the reason why a lot of people don't like Notre Dame, the fact they're not in the conference. No, you know, I agree. I, I said that. championship game like everybody else. No, absolutely. Everyone else has played 13 games. You know, they play 12, <laughs> and uh, I just don't like that they're like the exception. Now, BYU is independent also, but they're going – to uh, the Big 12, uh, I, there shouldn't be independent teams. You need to be part of a conference. And I know Notre Dame's a huge brand and TV revenue and rights and this and that. It's all about money. That's all that ever comes okay. down to, really. You know, um, everyone wears their their logos on their shirts and everything, but it all comes down to money, the almighty dollar. Um, but college football is pretty pretty hot right now. Um, your Braves again, World Series champs. Outside of college football and. Uh, Major League Baseball, is there any other sports you kind of inter- are interested in, or are those two kind of just ab- uh, above everyone else? Those are about everyone else. When it comes down to hockey, our, our house is pretty divided when it comes to hockey. Uh, Jensen and I like the Kings. Uh, Parker likes the Canucks. Why the Canucks is Canadian, but he wants someone on the West Coast and he started rooting for hockey. And Hudson is a Sharks fan. <laughs> Cooper likes uh, the new Kraken. So uh, we're pretty divided here in, in, when it comes to hockey. Um, and then NBA basketball, we're not too much big of fans. You know, we can take five steps to make a layup. It's, that's not basketball. So <laughs> kind of stay away from the NBA basketball. Um, and so, yeah, that's, pre- that's pretty much it. No, that's uh, it's it's not it's funny how, like, I used to love all sports or, you know, a couple that I liked before that, um, I, I kind of, you develop your tastes, I think, as you get older and I love football, I love, uh, combat sports. I love baseball, I love hockey. I mean, the basketball, I'm like, okay, I don't really need it. Uh, you know, there's other sports. I'm just like, oh, okay. I guess I didn't like that as much as I thought I did, but, um, yeah, college football, it's gonna, it's a great time of year, the Christmas season, new year's Eve, uh, college football playoff game. I mean, you're going to be able to be home and watch it with the family. No, I'll be on the road because I'll be home for Christmas. So um, I'll be on the road somewhere trying to find a, you know, Applebee's or Chili's or something. I'll try and watch it. We'll see. You know what? <laughs> it's not such a bad thing sometimes when you're kind of by yourself. Some people like to be in crowds and amongst people. I kind of like silence when I have a big game uh, to watch. You know, I, yeah. no distractions, yeah. just my voice screaming. Yeah. 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 You probably ask my wife, but like when we're watching games, we're pretty loud. So by being in a like a children, that makes myself have to calm down a little bit. So <laughs> it's probably a little bit better for me to do that. Oh, I, I am a pretty quiet guy, soft spoken, but when my, my teams are not doing well, I I get loud, I throw things. Uh, yeah, it's it does. It's not a pretty sight, so no one should have to see it or hear it. But uh, unfortunately, some not do. only that, it's the fact that you know we've all played, so we think we know what they're supposed to be doing. So we're yelling at the TV, like, what are you doing? You got to do it this way. Like, exactly. I know way more than that coach who makes yeah. $7 million a year. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, I, I, I have, I, I, uh, 
I, I can tackle way better than that 300 pound uh, guy out there. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there's that. But anyway, uh, Cole, this has been fun, man. Uh, talking some sports, talking about uh, just your background in Rio and everything. And um, man, life, life's got to be good. Christmas time's coming. Got the five kids, most of them all grown up. I mean, uh, yeah, man, I hope Thanksgiving went well and hope the uh, Christmas season uh, is treating you well as, as well as well. Yeah, I wasn't home for Thanksgiving, but I'll be home for Christmas, and uh, we'll see how it goes. They had a good time. They FaceTimed me uh, for Thanksgiving, so it worked out all right for a little bit. Um, and then Christmas time's coming. I'll be home for that, and then we'll be on the road and be on the road for a while. We'll see what happens. How how long are you home? Like, what what's the what are you home for? Like three or four days, and then back on the road for what's your, kind of your general time timeline? Yeah, three to five days. I'm home, and then I'm usually gone for a month and a half to two months. Oh, man. I didn't realize it was that long. I figured it'd be a couple of weeks. Yeah, no, it's, uh, we're having a couple of students, depending on when I drop them off and who I pick, who I pick up next goes from there. So, um, wow. Yeah, I try not to stay up two months. That's like the longest, probably like a month and a half. If I look that's a long time, man. That's, that's two summer. That's a summer trip. Yeah. <laughs> there are many of those. Yeah. Oh, no <laughs> doubt. Oh man. Alive. So many good memories and good times. Uh, well, man, you're the road warrior. Appreciate you uh, taking some time to uh, spend with me here and, and to catch up. It's been fun. And hopefully we see you soon. All right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's been great. Thank you. All right. Have a Merry Christmas, Cole. Merry Christmas, Matt. Thank you. Well, a big thanks to Cole Barrett jumping on the program here with me today to talk Michigan football, Atlanta Braves baseball, and a few other topics as well. I used to text Cole when they played uh, Notre Dame every year said I said this is the one day a year I root for Michigan and he would respond something like I will take you for a day so uh, yeah Michigan uh, definitely has a challenge and uphill batter battle on uh, New Year's Eve against the Georgia Bulldogs in the college football playoff but um, they do seem to have a little bit of momentum here with wins over Ohio State and Iowa uh, at 11 and one season uh, 12 and one season that is for the Michigan Wolverines, one of college football's most iconic brands. So um, Cole had some interesting stories there about how he became a Braves fan, how he became a, uh, a Michigan fan. I don't agree with them necessarily, but I do appreciate that he does have a story, uh, at least uh, a reason behind uh, his fanhood, which is something I always challenge people on, especially people who root for teams who are out of state or whatever. Uh, What's your story? What's your connection? Uh, give me something, give me something that I can at least roll my eyes and be like, all right, I get it. Anyway, uh, much love to the Barrett family. Great, great group of people. Uh, always fun hearing about them and their family and wish them nothing but the best. So to uh, Cole, thanks for coming on the, the show, Julian, for the uh, work behind the scenes and setting this up and everything. Uh, greatly appreciate the uh, the Barrett family. So happy, uh, Merry Christmas, I should say to them. And uh, hopefully uh, everything goes smoothly here this uh wonderful holiday season guys that will wrap up the two shows for the week our tuesday episode talking some uh, sports topics and christmas buildup if you will with just me and then our great guest today in cole barrett was a lot of fun catching up with him we'll be more shows next week as we inch closer and closer to christmas day it's coming whether you like it or not get those presents wrapped get those uh those uh gifts uh, get everything made and get everything ready the all the good food and the cookies and everything it's coming guys hopefully uh the households you're in are having a good time and not stressing too much enjoy this time of year we're supposed to enjoy it so we're getting closer next week we'll have another show on tuesday with a more christmas top 10 list if you will as as well as a uh, kind of some reactions to some of the uh 
sports news and other news around the world. Uh, and then Friday, try to have another guest for you guys. That's the plan for now. So you guys know the format now. We're rolling right along. I don't know when I'm going to take a much needed break from the podcast, but at some point I will probably take a month off or so to recharge the batteries, but uh, not quite yet. Not quite yet. Still pushing forward here on the Get Home Safe podcast. As always, guys, there's plenty of ways to reach out to us and contact us if you like. Uh, or follow us, uh, our Twitter and excuse me, our Instagram and Facebook page is get home safe podcast. Our Twitter handle is get home safe pod. And our email address is get home safe podcast at yahoo.com. If you have some questions or topics, or you want to react to some of the things I have said, by all means, shoot me an email. I will read it on the air. You can also send in a voice message. The uh, link to that is in the bottom of the episode notes. Should you so feel inclined, you can also uh, add to my Christmas list, if you will, with uh, your favorite movie, uh, maybe some of your favorite Christmas songs, Christmas traditions. We'd love to hear from you guys as we get closer and closer to uh, December 25th, the best day of the year, in my opinion. So uh, that's what's going on here on the podcast. And we'll just keep putting out content for you guys here as we uh, finish up 2021 uh, with a band. Man, it's hard to believe it. 2021 is, is over. That is, We just started this thing. Anyway, uh, guys, have a great weekend. Safe travels. Uh, stay calm out there shopping and uh, wrapping gifts and preparing everything. Uh, Everything's going to be just fine. Just keep your calm and uh, Merry Christmas to all. But guys, until next week, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. (laughs) 